Welcome to another episode of Sync and Assist. If this is your first time listening, well, thank you for stopping by. Thank you for giving us some of your time. And if you're a returning listener, well, welcome back. Thank you for making us a part of your routine. We release new episodes every Tuesday. But today, this Tuesday, Brad and I are joined by a very special guest, Lindsay. She is a photographer and entrepreneur as well as a journalist, which she mentions briefly in this week's episode. But in this week's episode, we discuss long-form storytelling. What exactly is it that keeps our attention throughout the years or the seasons or the installments of the series or franchise? What is it that keeps us glued in? One franchise, namely being the one that we talk about mostly in this week's episode, is The Walking Dead. It's not a secret that the viewership and the the ratings have gone down quite a bit in the, these past few seasons, but uh, we're still religiously watching it every Sunday. Unfortunately, if you are not caught up, uh, we do discuss spoilers, uh, actually very recent spoilers um, in season eight of The Walking Dead. So you have been forewarned and we are sorry if we uh, ruin something. For you, but you can find Lindsay on Twitter at Lens Music Photo. That is L I N D S Music Photo, and you can find Brad on Twitter and Instagram at Bradley Pallone. and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram as well at Robert D X N. You can find this podcast on Twitter and Instagram at Sync and Assist. Like I said, we release new episodes every Tuesday, so please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes and Spreaker. Please share. Let people know. But without any further ado, let's get right into this week's episode. Episode 8, Sync and Assist. best kind of story is characters i think that's why the walking dead and game of thrones are so successful is because you know you see a character where they come from and you want to see where they end up you know if the character is interesting enough Mm -hmm. that's um that's i i think i mean people do tend to lose interest when they they become less invested in a character, you know, um, if they become less interesting or if they're not put in situations that uh, showcase other aspects of their personality or, you know, if it's just the same thing over and over, they get bored. Uh, I I would assume that's why. As of why uh, The Walking Dead's ratings go down and Game of Thrones is still up high, mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't understand how, I mean, The Walking Dead was doing like Super Bowl numbers every Sunday, (laughs) and now it's like at an all-time low, so so I I don't understand because for me, the storytelling is still good. Like I was saying before we started recording, 
sometimes The Walking Dead does feel like it's not going anywhere. But while it is in this one place, like right now it is all out war. Like, where are you going to push the story forward if you're having a war? Because Mm -hmm. it takes place in one place. So, well, in multiple locations, but in like one general area is where it takes place. So, why are you complaining about it? the story not being pushed forward when there is maybe not character development because we've had known these characters for so long. And I, I get that, yes, sometimes it's hard to say goodbye to a character, but at the same time, to go back to the conversation that we've had before, is that that's why I love when you kill off a character because you wrote a character so well that we related to and we actually cared about yeah it's like an actual death in your life yeah. you know you feel like that character is a part of you mm-hmm. you know <laughs> and it, it <laughs> and I, I see you smiling over there <laughs> more like more like eh, not so much <laughs> with this one but with past ones yes oh yes <laughs> past ones yes some of you are hearing an unfamiliar voice um I guess we can uh, introduce, we do have a guest today. Yes, we do. I'm nobody special, but I just throw in my two cents for free. Hey. (laughs) We have Lindsay joining with us on this episode. Any excuse I have to talk about zombies. Yeah, she's a huge Walking Dead fan, so we figured it'd be appropriate to bring her on and uh, and discuss a little bit about uh, Walking Dead, but... Also stories in general, what makes a good story and yeah. story arcs. And also a good long story. Like we were saying, The Walking Dead, Game of Thrones, in my case, Breaking Bad. And um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, Harry Potter, like uh, The Lord of the Rings. Yeah, it's a lot. Of Which you're not in The Lord of the Rings, and I'm very sad about that one. Because... I mean, nothing personal. Maybe I'll give it another try eventually. <laughs> I do. She apparently fell asleep the first, what, 10 minutes? Maybe that was Pirates of the Caribbean or well, Caribbean or whatever. I couldn't get into that either. Well, but good for that. Yeah. <laughs> Lord of the Rings is actually good. Yeah. Maybe, I don't know. I feel like Lord of the Rings would be down your alley, but... I don't know. I'm open to it. Yeah. I wonder, I'm thinking, I don't know. Uh, I think about it. I mean, it's not for everyone. It, no. You know, same, same for Game of Thrones, you know. I'll give it a shot. Yeah. Maybe. Well, you like Harry Potter, but yeah. it's, it's different because there's, what, magic? You like them? I mean, there's magic in Lord of the Rings, too. Yeah. But I think it's the format. Maybe it's the format that... Uh, Kind of the way they go about it, like when they op- when Fellowship of the Ring opens, you know, it's it's like a kind of a montage of sorts, and it's very narrative. So it may be a little too sleepy for you, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Depends on the day and my lack of caffeine and my lack of sleep the night but before. The, but you know, back to The Walking Dead. Um, Season two was weak for me. Um, season one was strong. Season two um, was weak because the, it would took place in one location, mm-hmm. but for so long, not a lot was going on. 
And I think, and that's not to say that movies and series that take place in one location are uninteresting. Actually, quite the opposite. Um, I actually really like Fury, which the majority of the movie takes place in a tank. But for some reason, the, the characters are just, you know, some of the ones that sharpen each other, you know, they sharpen each other very, you know, they're stuck in a tank. So it's like you kind of put characters that collide and that clash. Um, they can either make them better people or worse people. And it's just kind of interesting to see um, them feed off of each other. And um, and who has the, the will to survive, you know, like some of the survival movies out there. Like they, it, it's kind of to see types of people that, you know, what lengths are they willing to go to yeah. you know to who are they willing to steamroll <laughs> over to get to their end goal or you know, or not yeah or cower <laughs> so for the season two of the walking dead it, it was it was a very i guess quote-unquote boring season well they had like a super small budget so it had to take place essentially in one place but a lot of what we talk about today about The Walking Dead comes from that season because it was where, uh, well, spoilers, uh, that that was where Shane was killed. That's where uh, we saw Shane become uh, the monster that he became. Mm-hmm. That, he that was, was my favorite, actually. Yeah. That's where we discovered that like, everybody has whatever it is that... Mm-hmm causes you to turn when you when you die because you hear I guess when they were in the CDC you know the doctor tells him like Rick something and then it divulges later that whatever it is that causes you to turn it's unavoidable like it, it mm-hmm. already exists like no matter what when you die you're gonna become a zombie mm-hmm. yeah we learn that with the character yeah mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and so like, so Rick is in. I guess he's in between a rock and a hard place because he knows, you know, like he's contemplating going against Shane, and he's like, "Well, what's this going to do for my group?" But then he doesn't have a choice because Shane eventually tries to overtake him, and then they have to like it's a whole. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's. There was like a whole brotherly thing about them, right? And so... There's also that awkward uh, relationship triangle. Oh, yeah. Going. <laughs> that was... Some tension there. That A little bit. Well, when you when you say all that, like, I, I guess I kind of forget mm-hmm. that season two was really as vital as yeah. it was. They, they made the most of it, of the situation. And I, I think it for it to take place in... For 16 episodes to take place in one pretty much location, I think they did a great job with that. But, I mean, that was the season where we kind of saw Rick become the Rick that he is today in the episode 18 Miles Out when he went out to basically kill Shane. We tied him up, took him out 18 miles out from the farm, and then... They fought for like a whole episode. (laughs) 
which is right. still one of my favorite episodes. I like that. Like yeah. the one where Shane just goes crazy and like unleashes all the walkers from the barn. Yeah. No, no, um, not that episode. Um, like there's a another guy out there, and they ended up bringing him back to the farm, and I want to say like one of them. Like, he was there when they went to um, pretty much fight the whole episode. And then at the end of the episode, they brought him back, I think. Because he knew um, Emily. And so they knew they couldn't kill him. Or they had... It was something like that. Yeah. I I vaguely remember that, actually. That was like... Yeah, that was the precursor to that, though. I mean... I know what you're talking about mm-hmm. with the with the breaks, unleashing the like when they go the the walkers on like when Shane and Otis I think go into and then like the big secret is that Shane like says that Otis got overtaken by walkers but Shane actually like sacrificed him to the walkers there's that too mm. yeah this season two premiere I think yeah yeah Oh no. Um, season three and four were a little more interesting the to me. And Woodbury and stuff. Yeah, all that. Because that that's where it really they tested each other. Yeah. We also like, see the development of my favorite character. Oh yeah. I love. Carol. Well, because everyone thought yeah. that Carol was gonna be uh, just the damsel in distress until she dies. Yeah, know? like that she was never gonna make it or whatever. But which in the mm-hmm. comics themselves, I I don't think. That she's as big of a badass in the I comics as don't think she, is she in the survives show. as long. Yeah. In because I think I read something on one of those Talking Dead snippets. Uh, shout out to Chris Hardwick, he's cool. Uh, <laughs> and it said like a little tidbit of information that she doesn't go past a certain time in the comics, which she's already past that in the show. But uh, most people say if Daryl die, we riot. I say if Carol dies, I riot. <laughs> that would make me so. Carol sad. is yeah. I love Carol's her. a badass. Melissa McBride. Um, and I guess I, mean, I just feel like her development is not to go off topic, but from, no, no, no. From it, like it's on topic. From you know like being always controlled to being in control as one of like the leaders of the group within season four it's just a complete transformation no that that's exactly what we're talking still, about um, she still mm-hmm. uses that to this day like they're trying to overtake the sanctuary and she still uses that i'm just an innocent like woman <laughs> trying to survive in the zombie apocalypse or whatever but that's like and she used it in um alexandria too she like created herself into this like housewife persona and whatever so nobody would anticipate that she's the one who could overtake anyone they just kind of underestimate her and that's she uses that to her advantage multiple times i think it's cool yeah so if carol yeah. dies Lindsay riots because yeah. very sad <laughs> so so we know we know your favorite character yes i do no offense Norman Reedus. I do love Norman Reedus. Um, Norman Reedus is... I love Lenny James. Arguably my favorite. Andrew Lincoln. Mm-hmm. I love all the characters. Um, God, it hurt me when they... The first time they made us believe that Glenn was gone, that 
hurt. No. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure my neighbors on the season premiere, when we find we finally find out who is first to meet the fate of Lucille, um, <laughs> I screamed at my television. My neighbors were probably just like, what is going on? Why is there yelling at my apartment next door? Whatever. I almost put like a disclaimer on my door in my apartment to be like, I'm fine. The Walking Dead's on. Leave me alone. Um, I mean, they did, you know, like Abraham was first. I love Michael Cutlass, but he wasn't like a vital character. Well, he yeah. was and he wasn't. Like, I mean, he, I take that back. He was a vital character in different ways. Everybody's a vital character in their own way. Yeah, but everyone serves a purpose in the story for sure. That yeah, everyone has I their mean, moment, you know. He was definitely, he definitely had some twists and turns. I loved his story development. Um, he, he grows on you after a while, but I was, you know, when they build up, like somebody's got to die at the hands of Negan, I was like, just don't, you know, cause we've grown with these characters since season one. So we're just like, okay, if it's a character that just came in recently, it wouldn't be, it would still be a very hard hit, but maybe it wouldn't be as hard to digest and accept. And then you just go and there's talking and all of a sudden he's like, "Kate, let's do it again." And and then Glenn's yeah, gone. Yeah, ne- Negan like, is uh, is what got me back into the show mm-hmm. a little more because yeah. one of my favorite characters. Yeah, he's if not him, so good. Jeffrey Dean Morgan portrays him I, so well. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little too well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he has a little too much fun. Yeah, but to go back to the whole um, killing off a character that you care about, Glenn, along with Rick. But Glenn was my favorite character. And then tell me one of my favorite actors is going to be playing the biggest threat in The Walking Dead. Because they've been hyping up Negan for years since the governor. And then, like, Negan's way worse. Then they showed it. And then, but the fact that they did kill my favorite character, which replaced my favorite character at the same time, uh... I respected that because, one, a lot of franchises that we watch, like, let's say Marvel, they don't, (laughs) uh, they never take the risk and they never pull the trigger. They never actually do what they need to do. To further the story. Yeah. Yeah. And they did that. Like, yeah, it was a cop out, quote unquote, uh, that season finale going into that, where you don't know who it is for eight months or however long. Yeah. But I, I knew in my heart it was Glenn. Well, because people who read the comics already knew, apparently. Yeah. And I kind of kind of overheard some conversation about, well, this and this person dies in the comics by this way. I wonder if they're going to portray it in the show mm-hmm. that way. And they've already proven that they can deviate from the origin of the story, but still keep it going. Yeah, mm-hmm. and Stephen Stephen Young said that um, you would have been very upset if it Negan didn't kill him, because that's the you have to, because mm-hmm. in issue one hundred, that's what happens. He said that that death is my right. I have to have that, and we earned yeah. it. Mm-hmm. It's an earned death. It's not like, you know, they introduce him and then kill him right away. That has no impact. It's the fact that we've been 
with this character since season one. Right? I mean, he went from, like, the pizza delivery kid that swoops in and saves Mm -hmm. Rick from the tank, and now he's just developed into this, like, vital character. It's like, how Mm -hmm. do we... Mm -hmm. How do you move on without Glenn? Mm -hmm. But, like, to your point, with losing Abraham, you know, he's been in there for a while, but not as long as Glenn, so there's still that... There's still that level of vital, but it's not, I don't know. The The great thing about a story like this is the fact that in killing some a, a character, it does what it needs to do, and that's, you know, maybe to show you that the threat is real, that this villain means business, you know, and... Yeah. And you, you have to keep in mind, it's a story, you know, it's acting, mm-hmm. you know, it's, they're it's not fishy. real people. So it's not like they're really, you know, using people in a malicious way. It's a story. But in a way, they are using a character, a name yeah. to, to put an emotion in you. In order, and, and in the other characters in the story to impact it. It's like, and because of that, it's like, look look at where the story is now ever since that moment. It's like, yeah. it's a mess, you know? <laughs> I feel like whenever they do kill off a vital character or, a, I mean, vital character, all the characters are vital because, I mean, they're surviving in a zombie apocalypse. But, like, say vital means from season one or two someone you've yeah until now someone you've come to make a connection with like who's your favorite like glenn or or Mm. if your favorite happens to be who was it i don't know but like it just kind of when they do that it just sets in the reality that nobody wants to approach is that in the end it's likely that everybody dies Mm. everybody that we've Mm -hmm. come to you know relate to or attach to carol daryl Glenn, Maggie, Rick, Carl, mm-hmm. that it's more real that, you right. know, there might be an end, that everybody dies. I don't, because I, I don't want to suspend know. my disbelief for too long, you know, of like yeah. how, how long can characters survive in a situation like this? It's like some people, there have to be some kind of casualties. I mean, if this were to happen in real life, you know, mm-hmm. it, it these many people wouldn't stay forever which is kind of the problem that we have with marvel i guess that we we've said this before um is that you want to feel like there's some there's stakes Mm -hmm. you know that uh if this really happened you know then then some people just it's survival the fittest some people aren't fit enough to survive and sometimes it's luck you know Mm -hmm. sheer luck you know or who your dad is or, you know, yeah. In Carl's case, which, no pun intended. Uh, yes, more more spoilers. I mean, we've already been pretty oh, deep yeah. into spoilers at this point. But Side note, I just ruined it. If But season. if you haven't watched the season premiere yet, where have you been? It's Wednesday. <laughs> like, it came on on Sunday. I think I watched it twice already. But that's just me because I have a problem uh, watching I it think, a lot. But... It's like I think we saw this one coming, though. You mm-hmm. did and you didn't, and I feel like there are mixed reactions. Because for me, in a way, Carl is a character that you love, but you also love to hate him because of predicaments that he's gotten himself in. And he's come close to death 
so many times and he's gotten himself out of it just, you know, based on what Rick has taught him. And I mean, to have him just be distracted for that one split second when he's fighting off one zombie and he lets another one like, you know, get to him and he just in that moment, the camera is like on his face and you see his like natural reaction of I've avoided so long getting, you know, impacted by a zombie and I'd be like, I just got bit. Did I really, did that really just happen? It's like, it's all running through his head in that split second. And he comes to the terms that he just got bit by a zombie and his time is done. And I mean, we've seen it so many times when, like, he's walking through that house and he opens up a door in the room and a zombie comes out or he runs around, like, outside of safe walls by himself and he gets, like, stuck in the mud or something and a zombie comes and whatever. <laughs> I like you can only avoid it for so long. He can only avoid it for so long. And Rick <clears throat> taught him well. and it He had sucks. to kind of relearn his lessons, though. Yeah. But I'm... he didn't exactly. I th- I think, like... Rick being in the position he is, it seems like the lessons that he learned, he learned them and he he set up his his boundaries, his morale, like he yeah. locked it in place. I mean, because, well, I say that, you know, it wasn't necessarily always a first, first time something happens, then immediately, you know, or he may numb out for a while and put up the walls, you know, and, and, and you know, really get his morale in, in place, like, head on straight think logically not emotionally like we can't go you know save this other person whatever yeah um but every now and again it comes out you know the humanness kind of comes through but for the most part though i i really think the age kind of shows in this regard because i think there's this blur between gullibility and like compassion you know that you know, Rick being, you know, at his age and and feeling that sense of responsibility for longer than yeah. his son has, you know, I think he was able to learn lessons a little bit easier. I, I feel yeah. like the compassion level of of him got the, you know, Carl got the best of him. Oh, absolutely. Because he's so, out there trying to save the character that we learn is, his name is Sadiq. And... He's got good intentions. He has the best Mm -hmm. of intentions. And I feel like that's where, like you said, his age, you know, he, and and I guess his age just gets the best of him. And he still wants to, I don't know, like everything that Rick has done, like all the actions that Rick has taken to keep everyone safe is because he wants his children to survive. He wants Carl mm-hmm. to survive. He wants Judith to survive, obviously, because as we saw previously, there was a period where Rick and Carl, after the prison raid, they thought Judith was gone, which mm-hmm. I cried at that. I'm not even going to lie about it. I, <laughs> call me over-emotional, but yes, I do cry at this show. And I did tear up a little bit with Carl because, you know, while he's a character we might love to hate a little bit because of the predicaments he's put himself in. He's a meme. I mean, we've seen him grow up. We've seen him, you know, he was like a little kid when this show started. And now he's, you know. Going he's, to college. He's going to college. Uh, he apparently has um, a music career. So, 
Yeah, you know, he'll probably get more acting roles and whatever. He's, he's pursuing other time. endeavors. <laughs> I am not mad about the fact that he got a haircut. He's a very he's a he's a nice <laughs> kid. Like, um, I've seen uh, friends have encountered him at like concerts. I think Libby met him at like Twenty One Pilots or something. I don't know. That's a random whatever. But when I volunteered at Walker StalkerCon a couple years ago, I was assigned to do line cue for Chandler mm. slash Carl. Side note, everybody should know his real name is Chandler or whatever. We can edit that part out too. But I, my, <laughs> my assignment was to do line cue for Chandler Riggs. And he's a really, really sweet kid. He travels everywhere with his dad because he was, you know, I think he was like 16 at the time. And, I mean, they're both really nice people. So, and he's very humble. He was very open to, you know, taking pictures with everybody and meeting everybody. And it was cool. He's a cool kid. I mean... You know, this is probably a, like the biggest role to date that he's played, but he literally grew up on this show, so it's it's kind of sad. Like I like I said, I teared up a little bit. I was sad because he he just portrayed it so well. He how did. He, mm -hmm. How he, you know, how he spends his final moments and stuff, and we see that the flashbacks of old Rick and everything is comes full circle because it's. Carl's perspective of how he wants the world to be like he still got that childlike innocence because he is a kid that even in the zombie apocalypse everything can be good everybody can get along and function as one unit instead of separate like good and evil you know like there's that even that part at the very end where like you see the flash forward and it's old Rick and initially you see Eugene like they're all working together or whatever and then you see Negan in there and he's just like this laid back gray haired dude and first of all he doesn't yeah, have right. a seal thankfully so there's no like but then again who knows but I'm just like you think see and that's where the show is genius because Negan is evil like he has all the evil in him and then you flash forward to who knows how long and he's just you know growing vegetables in the kingdom so there's good in there well, so that, there is good in there. That's what, yeah, and but, that's what we're talking about. You know what? You know, kind of reel things back in. You know, like what makes a good story? You know, is it the characters? You know, their character arcs to see, and that's what I would say. You know, I like to see where characters go. I see where they start, and things happen. Um, it's just. I guess a lot of writers kind of base it on people in their own life, you know, or themselves. Um, I don't think it's uh, it's all completely made up necessarily. Mm. I think they take real life scenarios that they may have experienced and put it in their work. And yeah. um, but and at the same time, there's also that: what if this happened? How would how would characters or how would people survive if something? that seems far-fetched, like a zombie apocalypse, actually happened. Right. Something you think about, like, in movies. like the all same these with Alien, you know. End of the world movies. Like, what if this actually happened? Would it turn out this way? Probably not. But it gives us... If this anything, is the end. <laughs> it teaches us how to fight zombies. <laughs> you know how to fight zombies now? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Well, it, it, yeah, it's... Um, it is interesting to see. And um, I think that's that's why you know, I mentioned Alien. You know, I think that's why you like the Alien movies, you know, Rob. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, survival. 
you know. Yeah. Against a foreign situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Survival of the fittest isn't always accurate. It's a combination the smartest? of the fittest. Because <laughs> uh, obviously when you're, you know, out running some stuff, you have to actually be able to run. Side note, I probably would not survive. Let's just be real because I can't run. I, I, um, but it's yeah. also like fittest You'd be like fighting mentally. back though. Yeah. You'd be, like, it's fit both from a physical, emotional, and mental perspective like you Mm -hmm. have to be in shape in order to run first of all like i said i don't do that very well but you also have to outsmart other people because other people are fighting to survive just as much as you and when they approach someone new you don't know if that person's going to embrace that there are other survivors or if they're going to pretend to embrace you and then like Mm-hmm. backstab you or if they're just going to kill you flat out it's like where do right. you go like any new person that you encounter they like you <clears throat> don't know there's three well you know there there are those take. that there are those that cower in the face of adversity and then there are those that rise above it and uh and then there are those that rise above it in a uh, vigilante kind of way you know mm-hmm. uh such as uh was it uh, the new Eli Roth film that's coming yeah. on? Death Wish. Death Wish, which is actually a remake. Uh, but um, I want to see that. That's the one with Bruce Willis. Right? It is, mm-hmm. yeah. So I, th- Bruce I think it's the same. Um, it's it, to me, it sounds like the same premise as uh, like Punisher, mm-hmm. in some ways, which is like so his 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 family die. Uh, I guess he gets killed, and then so then he takes vengeance on. His, uh, his wife or kid, you know yeah, yeah and then it's revenge it's, been, <laughs> it's a vengeance story like, his, like some like I think he's out to get the people who killed his wife mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. or I mean it looks like an awesome movie so thin yeah thin plot but uh, I always find that those kind of stories interesting too is that uh, he uh, he took the that route you know <laughs> whereas some some people may spiral into a depression and um, shut off from the world, whereas someone like him just took his anger and, you know, decided to do what, quote-unquote, the police can't, you know? Yeah. Um, Which is kind of what Batman does, too, Mm. in some ways. (laughs) Vigilante justice. Um, But that, it... But yeah, Death Wish looks like an interesting film. So, what is it that you think makes a long story last why do you think the walking dead still works or why do you think game of thrones or anything that lasts longer than most things do like the harry potter series is very long mm-hmm. yeah i mean for me it's definitely characters and not just having cool characters but Characters that you can relate to and care about, mm-hmm. which is all through the writing and the portrayal of from the actors. But I, I don't know. I, I really like that The Walking Dead hasn't really left Georgia and, and is still in a very small radius. Yeah. It, it's always taking place in like the middle of nowhere. But... They do incredible character work. 
like throughout the earlier seasons you meet these characters you know these characters and then you lose some then you meet and you learn new characters like in Abraham or Eugene and then they do different character work like between the characters yeah. they have interesting interactions like the death of Abraham and uh, uh, Glenn they actually meant something to other characters and it sparked something in them Rosita had her own warpath and it did something to Sasha and it, then the death of Glenn did something to everybody yeah especially <laughs> maggie because, and maggie yeah because you know she, now her dedication to survive is not only for her but it's also for she has you know a baby a piece of glenn that she can that she like the the need the requirement for her to survive is I mean, as if it already wasn't at its greatest, it's even greater now because she's, you know, what is very unlikely in a zombie apocalypse is that they're creating new life. Mm-hmm. You know, we've seen it with Judith, and now we're going to see it with with baby Glenn, which we still don't know, boy, girl, whatever. But I think from where you were coming from, you know, what keeps The Walking Dead going is that even though it's a graphic novel and it's played out in those novels, the character fates and everything, we still never know what's going to happen because they've deviated from it, but they've been able to make it so captivating that you like, you have to watch every week and it's almost like you can't not watch a week because that following week after that, then you'll, you'll just be like, well, I missed this. What happened? Like you can miss so much in so little amount of time and it's, such a little amount of time that goes by in each episode, but it feels like so long. And then there's also that character development, like when you read the graphic novels, which I have not because I don't want to any spoilers <laughs> or anything. I'm just kind of going with it as I go, which mm-hmm. some might look down on and others might be like, kind of be able to relate to. But you have this preconceived notion of what these characters will be like that you've read in these graphic novels compared to who gets cast in the show and how they are on screen and how they portray that graphic novel character. It's almost like they've done a great job of, I guess, making the people who have read the graphic novels, you know, what they wanted to see in these characters are in these characters on that are acting as Glenn and Rick and Maggie and Carol and Carl and everybody. So I feel like there's that, the ability to keep or grasp and keep the fans of the graphic novels in the show and meet those preconceived notions of the characters that people have is what keeps it captivating. Plus, you know, there's always coming up with new ways to kill zombies and unfortunately Mm -hmm. have to kill people that are a threat to them. And there's also the discovery of all these new people. So Mm. Just feel like once you realize you might have a grip on what's going on, it's just like, oh, hey, here's a curveball, and we're going to throw something else completely at you that throws off your entire theory. I don't know. I just watch every Sunday. Evolution of characters, you know, is, is what matters to me as a viewer. 
Because um, without movement, there's no story. You know, without action, there's no story. And without action, there's no reaction. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, so putting characters in scenarios, different scenarios will incite different, you know, um, it'll bring out certain aspects of, of certain characters, right? So for better or worse, you know, you've seen good characters go bad. You've seen bad characters go good. You know, you see someone crack under pressure. You see some uh, harden under pressure. Meet an unfortunate end mm-hmm. after so much. It's, it's a it's fight. it's like it's life. I mean, it's it's a mix of um, things just happen and you know. But as a as a writer in the story, uh, you do make things happen. <laughs> you know it's going to happen. You write it out, but it plays out like life, where it's a mixture of circumstances out of your c- control and some, like especially the reactions to those scenarios are under your control. That's the only thing you can control. So I think people like seeing that. They like seeing it on screen. Um, and that that's what keeps me coming back as a viewer. And where whether it be, you know, a series uh, of movies or a a TV series, a Netflix series, you know. That's what keeps me coming back. Yeah. yeah. So so I mean we've been talking about The Walking Dead for a for quite a bit so to stay on to the walking dead i guess what for a long story what do you think is the best end because not everything can go forever so what is a satisfying end for you is it a hero's death or is it or a hero living like (laughs) and then everyone you know i feel like for me with you know what everything that just happened and you know Carl's I guess you could call it like in a way wide-eyed innocence because of a child because he sees everything coming together and everybody coexisting peacefully you know and he says like it doesn't have to be this way like Rick is set on ending the saviors and killing Negan but in Carl's world or his vision for the future, everybody cooperates, everybody coexists peacefully, you know. The idealistic kind of yeah, mindset, yeah. It's, and, you know, maybe he was just over it. Well, I mean, I feel like he was, in a way, over always having to kill people or always yeah, having cause to Yeah, because, like, how, how, um, how much do you have to lose before you give up hope? You know, like, I guess, because if you if you lose all your loved ones, you know, you kind of the reward of a better life in the end kind of means less and less in some ways. It's Mm -hmm. like if we can't even save the people that mean a lot to me, my family, then, you know, does that is that just a a pipe dream, you know, that, you know, or, or even if if that does happen, will it really mean as much? I feel because like because I've seeing, already lost so much, you know what I mean. I feel like seeing Rick lose in a way when Negan comes in and sets that assertive message, you know, of of just no remorse, no hesitation, just killing Abraham and Glenn. Mm-hmm. You see Rick totally regress into yeah a character or a persona that you wouldn't have expected. He essentially just bows down to Negan, and I feel like. 
And I think it was because, you know, yeah. he, he tried to make him chop his own son's arm yeah, off, too. Like with Carl, I think you know, that would just, destroy any father. Some it, of the best acting I've ever seen. Yeah. yeah. And Carl's, just like, Carl's yeah, yeah. just like, just do it. And it just, you know, to your point, like, he breaks. And, you know, it's like, how much do I have to lose? Like, I just lost two people. Like, what mm-hmm. else are you trying to make me do? Like, yeah. you'll push me to this point. Like, I'll just go with it and see what happens. And then I think Carl sees that, you know, maybe they're, like, how drastic his dad can change mm-hmm. in there. And kind of, I, I don't know how, like, I feel like maybe that impacted him in a way. And it kind of opened the door for him to see things differently because he's just like for season upon season we've seen Rick like tough triumph through anything whatever and then to see him just kind of digress into just going with whatever Negan says might have had an impact I don't know I'm just projecting I tend to take the viewpoint of um that even if you've lost almost everything you know, or if you've lost everything, and you reach uh, a a safe haven, you know, and there's all new people that you've never had relationships with before, why not just start anew? Mm-hmm. So I kind of a happy ending for a good ending for me might be in some ways a happy one, uh, a sad one that maybe maybe it's just one or two characters that survive and they re they make it to a a safe place where they can call it happily ever after, I guess. And I think you know? that's what Carl ultimately wanted. That's what he wanted. In yeah. The show. I think I actually agree with it. I think yeah. that's what I would do. That's what I would kind of want. I don't know if that's what's going to happen, but for me, since your question was, you know, what kind what would be an end for you, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be a satisfying ending for me. Yeah. Is just have a couple of characters finally find the end then the disease finally whatever i mean cuz at the end of the day that's any that's all anybody in the show is fighting for they just want to survive they like just want to reach a place they're fighting for their survival that's untouchable long enough for the whole thing to just end mm. all the 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 yeah the outbreak you know to to finally I I don't know. Resolve while they, you know, while there's a safe haven of people and then they raise those people. And I mean, maybe it'll never, there will never be a cure because we find out after how many episodes that Eugene actually doesn't know how to cure everything Mm -hmm. because it's just something he I don't want to, I don't want to believe that there's no cure. I mean, it could end where there is one. Maybe there is, but at the same time, maybe it could just be like, they find a way to peacefully coexist, and while the disease still exists, they people pass of old age or that something might be else, the most realistic approach. I feel like take they just have to do what they need to do so they don't turn. I think that might be the. I feel like that might be the route that they will take, but I don't know. I have hope that maybe there's either a cure, uh, and or you know, they find a safe haven. So for me, I don't want there to, at the end of it, I don't want there to ever be a cure. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of want Rick, since Carl is gone, I want Rick to be the final character. Right. Which will 
be a payoff to the first scene, the first shot of The Walking Dead in the pilot right. when Rick was all alone and he shot that little girl, Walker. Um, yeah. But I want him to be the final season. I want Rick to be completely alone. He's lost everyone. And it's sort of like a reflection, a well-reflective season where you kind of see everyone that Rick has encountered along this journey that you kind of see them in him in mm-hmm. a way and but I want him to go I want him to fight um go up against groups alone I want him to survive alone because I I just really want it to be a super dark season but I want it to be a very dark and isolated and lonely season I I had a Rick. feeling that uh, that you would want that as an end because yeah. you're Mr. Dark you know you got and, you... <laughs> yeah maybe Rick survives at the end because maybe you'll you'll get it you'll get mm-hmm. the gist of it yeah but I maybe think the, he also dies I don't know I feel like he could he could die um but the message is already uh in front of the audience though mm-hmm. I, th- I think it's not like you know boom everyone's dead that's it the end you know but it'll be like he, you know, he might be the last person, and then when he finally dies, there's still there's a resolution that happens. It's like, mm-hmm. like we we did it. It's okay. You know, it's I can, you know, I can die now. I can turn. I can, or you know, it would be you know, it'd be a really interesting ending, as if uh, he died, but not by turning. Mm-hmm. He just died. Uh, but it'd be real cool to see a, a Walker Rick. It would be really cool to see that. <laughs> yeah. I want to see a Walker Negan, but I never want Negan to die. I just want to see it. But <laughs> <laughs> but uh, when Michael Rooker passed, that scene between him and Daryl, that was mm. that was great. Yeah, that was. And when Carl died, I liked hearing the. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that was the longest death, though. He his final words was everything he needed to say. <laughs> he even went back to like season two, <laughs> no, season three or four. I didn't expect him to be that. Given you know he's put himself in not so good situations, I didn't expect him to uh, go out the way that he did. Honestly, that or to take himself out, I guess. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's a good end to this epic of an episode. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a lot about fandom, but also a lot about uh, character development and storytelling. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. definitely. And uh, maybe we'll talk about these kind of things on a future episode. You know, we're 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 teasing you with uh, a potential subject matter, I guess, for an episode. Yeah, but I think that about does it for this week's episode. Thank you guys for joining us, as yeah. usual. And we will see you next week.